Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. For today's episode, is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week uh, to get in on the action. We'll have a Greenroom episode coming up later in the week. You might notice that I'm a little bit more flat than I was two days ago when I was perhaps as fired up as I've ever been in the history of my... Uh, hosting duties on Locked On Bucks, but it's for good reason. I, I don't know if this night could have been any more disastrous. The Bucks lose, but somehow that feels pretty inconsequential when you look at what happened in this game. Giannis goes down with a left knee injury in the third quarter. His knee bent at an angle it is not supposed to. It was an accident. Things happen in basketball. We've seen so many injuries across this postseason. But there are levels to injuries, Frank. And... The minute that this happened, it, it, for me, it wasn't just fear about this game or this series or even this playoff run. It was what could potentially be the long-term impact. We don't know what the injury is. They'll get some scans tomorrow, I guess, depending on the swelling that's around that knee. But it looked really, really bad. And, and just honestly, a, a sickening moment to see Giannis go down like that. Yeah, I mean, probably the the worst moment in my 30 years of, being a Bucks fan, to be honest, right? I mean, because I think you, you know, you, you started this night thinking you have the inside line on a finals trip and potentially a championship. And, you know, I think, you, I mean, look, the series is 2 2, right? But, um, you know, you just see the way Giannis goes down. I mean, again, I, I, I'm, I've been following this team too long to have like, you know, optimistic thoughts when something like that happens. But, um, you know, it feels like it, it did feel like, well, there's, there's your chance. There, there's your best ever chance of winning a championship gone. There's potentially next season gone for Giannis with the injury. Um, and oh, by the way, probably Mike Budenholzer keeps the job too. Cause, cause you're not going to be able to fire him when, when you lose under the pall of Giannis's, um, injury. Uh, so that was sort of just where my very negative energy was, was focusing, um, you know, that, yeah, I mean, it was just the absolute kind of worst possible combination of, of events. And, you know, we'll see by the time people listen to this, who knows what we'll have heard about um, the extent of the injury. I mean, you just cross your fingers that maybe somehow he escaped something serious. But I mean, I I can't watch that and, and let myself think about him being back for game five or something like that. I mean, I'm just like, you know, I mean, the kind of person he is, you just feel terrible for him that, that he's, you know, second season in a row now he's had his playoffs, you know, probably ended through, you know, just a freak injury and, um, and maybe much more than that. I mean, if he's, if he's ready for next year, I I would, if you told me he was going to miss the rest of the playoffs, but be back healthy for training camp, I would take that in a heartbeat right now, just because of the potential severity of what we saw. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a huge bummer. I wish I could, 
you know, give people some optimistic assessment, but you know, we're not doctors. We, we don't, we can't, we can't guess at what, what happened. And, um, we, we will see, but yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting because the game just, you know, I, to be honest at halftime of the game, I was like, I almost didn't care about the game even before the injury. Cause I was just so, it was just like, so I don't know if predictable is the right word, but like, did any of us like when, especially when you hear Trey is not playing at all, like if Trey was playing and just hobbled, I would have felt way better <laughs> about the Bucks winning. But with, with all the, you know, everything lining up so perfectly, it was just like, oh, this is just, this is just built for the Bucks to disappoint tonight. And, you know, that first half was, was garbage from them. Um, just a really, I don't know if unprofessional is the right word, but just, you know, just not, not the, the performance of a team that, you know, is, is, is trying to win a title. And then all that just, you know, completely loses any meaning with uh with Giannis going down right as he was starting to kind of exert his will in the game a little bit and you thought okay maybe the Bucks can you know come make a run here given they they obviously had a talent advantage in this game but um you know when when he goes down obviously it took the wind out of I think everybody's sails and including the Bucks who just looked completely shell-shocked so um so yeah I I don't know I mean hopefully hopefully the the scans are more promising than what I'm fearing but um it's probably safe to, you know, presume the worst and then, you know, just, just hope that, that maybe it's, it's not so, not so bad. Yeah. I did see some tweets and to be fair, I mean, this is a very minimal uh, section of the the fan base, but I, I saw some comments about the fact that the Bucks, or they were really, they were really disappointed that the Bucks weren't able to respond and, and really lift after Giannis went down. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they just looked devastated when, when he was down on the ground. I mean, to me, not only did I not care about the result of that game anymore, I mean, they were losing anyway. Like you said, I thought they showed some some pretty good signs coming out of halftime, particularly Giannis. But once he went down, I wasn't really that worried about the result of the game anymore. But you could just see it on the faces of the guys. I mean, this is a different situation to, you know, Atlanta with Trey Young where they probably were prepared that he wasn't going to play. I mean, you get yourself ready for that fact. I mean, for this to happen in the middle of the game and the way that it did and the whole arena, just dead silence. I mean, give some credit to the Hawks fans. We've seen fan bases in different situations react pretty poorly, but, you know, they obviously were were pretty respectful. I think everyone understood that this was a, a serious injury and really unfortunate. And, you know, we spoke about it on the show yesterday. And I'm glad we did that podcast now just to acknowledge that the postseason run that this guy has been having, he's been simply unbelievable. Uh, I don't think that he's got the credit he deserves. I mean, we'll see what happens with this injury, but funnily enough, now if he does have an injury, that's going to take him out for a little period of time here. He'll probably start to get that respect now, which is ridiculous the way um, that it works that way. But yeah, I mean, for this Bucks team, you, you, you said it. I mean, they looked shell shocked after the injury, before the injury, they were clearly terrible anyway. Uh, Mike Budenholzer has said that Giannis uh, is still in the locker room with the guys. They'll get some imaging tomorrow. And again, you know, generally the way this works, depending on the swelling, they'll be able to get him in tomorrow. Uh, with these things, generally the team would know. If it was the worst, they would already know. They'd be able to tell uh, what the situation is with the knee, but they're not going to really announce anything until he gets that scan. So it's, it's going to be a, a nervous sort of period here. And... Look, he's a freak when it comes to recovering from injuries. I'll say that. There's been many times where I thought that he had a very serious injury and he was back playing in a week or in a couple of days. I remember back to 
to LA just before the season shut down in the pandemic. That was a, a scary period there where we weren't sure. You know, I don't think the mechanism of the injury was as violent as this one. This was really, really violent, the way that his knee hyperextended. But all the same, you just cross your fingers, cross everything you've got and, and hope that he gets a bit of luck here. And, and I'm kind of the same with you, Frank. I mean, to me, you obviously desperately want him back for the postseason. Like you said, it feels like this is the best chance they're ever going to have to win a title. But also, you, you just really want him to be okay for next season. I mean, it, it's just catastrophic to even let your mind think about where this could go. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about Spotify Green Room now. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Bucks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Uh, you'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest updates. Follow me at Kane Pittman to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live later this week. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Bucks. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. You know, I, I appreciate, you know, I mean, as a team, the Bucks have to look at this as like, it's, it's a best, best of three right now. And they've got two home games yeah. and you don't, you don't know if Trey's going to play in game five. Um, you obviously at this point, you know, I think you, you have to mentally prepare that Giannis isn't going to play the rest of the series. So, I mean, they could still go to the NBA finals. It, I, I don't know. To me, it's just like, I, I don't even really care about it that much. Like I, it's just like, I mean, obviously I, hope they do right i mean you you hope that they continue to find they can somehow find a way to to win um you know we think back to the bubble last year when when Giannis plays that first half against the heat goes down with an injury and the bucks responded very well with that ankle you know but you knew that was just an ankle injury you knew that was not like a he's going to be out for you know 12 months type type of thing uh and chris you know steps up and ultimately wins them that that game four um, and they had a really good chance in game five too against the heat just couldn't score. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously you, you, you hope that, that they can somehow find a way to win this, but I, I mean, without Giannis, like, I mean, they're, I don't know. It's just, it all just seemed like, like trying to win basketball games now, just like in a weird way. It's like, even though they are so close to getting the NBA finals, like I just have a hard time even like really thinking about it you know like it, it, you know like the Bucks playing without Giannis it's just like I, I, I don't know it's just like that doesn't I mean it doesn't seem like it's possible to actually you know finish this series and win another series without him even with the chaos in in both brackets and the injuries that we've seen um, on both sides um, and you know health had been the Bucks biggest advantage in this postseason you know we saw it time and again and um, you know unfortunately um, the injury gods came came for them too, uh, and um, in in the worst possible way, right? You couldn't you couldn't imagine a a worse thing than than Giannis, you know, potentially suffering a serious knee injury. So, 
Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time as a fan, even sort of like adjusting to like the new reality of what the Bucks have to do. And I hope that they're a lot better at it than I am. because They've got to play a big basketball game in 48 hours. And, um, you know, I mean, we've, we've been ready to sort of, they've had a lot of chances to fold at various points during the season. They haven't, but they've never had to do it, you know, with, with likely without, without Giannis in the lineup. Um, and so that's obviously just a, adds a whole new degree of difficulty that uh, it's, it's just hard to, to know what to expect. Yeah, I'm not ready to, to go there. I mean, I, I know it's, it's only happened about an hour ago as we're recording this. So it's obviously, it's hard to even, you know, find any scrap of optimism. But I did have a friend text me during the fourth quarter. And, and I, I said, look, I, I still think the Bucs can win this series. Like, I, I think that's a, that's a very real possibility that they could win and go to the NBA Finals, which would still obviously be incredible. I'd be very excited about that. But there is something that would just feel wrong about the Bucks being in the NBA Finals and Giannis being on the sideline. Like it just would feel—I don't know—it I, wouldn't feel right. I mean, this this franchise and everything they've been able to do to get to this point has been centered around Giannis, and so it would feel wrong. So I hope that that's not the case. Hopefully, the NBA Finals, these series are starting to extend. So I do believe that the NBA Finals would be a game one is probably looking likely that it would be uh, Thursday, I believe, next Thursday, which is July 8th. So it's a week away. That's, that's the, all the optimism I have for you. But as far as this game goes, I know it's kind of, it feels weird to talk about this game, but we'll do it a little bit here. I, this team, I will say this, it's, it's staggering. I mean, you've spoken about all the opportunities they've had to fold and they have always delivered when they've been under pressure. But... My goodness, this team does not like taking an advantage and getting and making life easy on themselves, do they? I mean, this game was a classic. One team didn't have their star, so they had nothing to lose. And the other team found out that the star wasn't playing half an hour before the game and completely exhaled and thought, well, we're home, boys. We don't need to worry too much about this. I think that Atlanta do deserve some respect because we can, we can shit-can the Bucks all we like for the way they played in the first half, but... Atlanta did some different things. They showed more bodies at Giannis. They crowded the paint, which I, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have been doing that to this level every game, considering that the Bucs have really struggled to shoot the outside shot. But in addition to that, um, in addition to, to crowding the paint, uh, I thought Giannis was, was very quick to get rid of the ball. The Bucs just looked kind of sluggish. They were missing those open threes, which they have done all season long. And the other thing that Atlanta did they were very, very quick to foul anytime the Bucks looked like they were going to get anything going in transition, which is where they've really crushed the Hawks early in this series so far. So there was a couple of little adjustments there. Atlanta definitely changed. I think when you get Trey Young out of the lineup, I know it was Lou Williams for large stretches who isn't a good defender anyway, but I, I don't think it hurts them defensively, obviously. And the other thing is for the Bucks on the offensive end, Trey Young has been hidden on PJ Tucker the whole series anyway. So outside of some offensive rebounding, the Bucks offensively, the challenge still remains the same. Yeah, I, th- I think the. I mean, I was a. Little, I thought it was a little strange, sort of all series long, that they they hadn't really tried to double or be more aggressive, yeah. throwing extra bodies at at Giannis, and we saw a little bit more of that tonight. Although, by the third quarter, right before the injury, you know, he started to get on a bit of a roll, had like eight points and whatever it was, like six minutes or something. So, um, you know, we've seen that before, right? Like teams seem to maybe have found a way to slow Giannis a little bit, and then you know, he finds a way to kind of crack, crack that a bit. Um, you know, the free throw stuff was just <laughs> horrendous in the first half, two air balls and, a, and another miss. 
Um, so, you know, he was again, kind of completely inside of his own head, airball the three as well. Um, but then, you know, seemed to at least start get going, uh, going to the basket. But again, I mean, what, what's the even point of talking about Giannis at this point? Um, I, I mean, I thought the, the interesting thing was, I mean, we saw, we saw guys that we haven't seen from, well, from both teams, I guess, but, um, you know, Cam Reddish, who's just been like a terrible shooter and unable to score efficiently his, his entire basketball career, even though he's been a high prospect, didn't do it in college. He hasn't done it in the NBA. I mean, he actually made some shots tonight and, you know, just felt like one of those games where it's just, especially right after the honest injury, just like this avalanche of like random dudes, like all of a sudden everything just kind of going in and, you know, just, I think speaks to the, the degree to which these, these, you know, the stuff is, is psychological, right. And how teams, when they can have col- collectively sort of have this confidence and, and energy that, you know, doesn't necessarily rationally make sense that, you know, the crowd being into it and other guys hitting shots suddenly means that Cam Reddish can, can shoot or something like that. But, <laughs> um, but he, I thought he did Reddish in particular. I thought he did a really nice job on Middleton getting up in him. And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the Hawks having to, you know, constantly make these like difficult trade-offs in terms of offense and defense in their lineups. And, um, as you said, you know, Trey going out doesn't really hurt them at all defensively. Um, and it just felt like, it felt like they, they had a lot better energy there. I mean, it's not like they, you know, ultimately like lit the world on fire, um, in the first half or anything like that. Right. I mean, they had about 51 points in the first half The bucks had every chance, you know, to stay in that game. They just could not execute. They didn't seem ready for the Hawks intensity offensively. And just felt like, you know, the bucks just sort of felt like they could just show up and, you know, if they just played with some composure that the Hawks would just, you know, their talent would just carry them. And obviously they, they badly, um, they badly miscalculated that. Yeah, I mean, in many respects, if you take away the paint dominance, and that was the big difference for mine in the first half here, and, and look, the gap was a little bit more. They're down 13 going into the third quarter. But I, I it felt very similar, where you thought that the Bucks at some point were going to make a run, and then it would come down to whether or not Milwaukee could make shots in the fourth quarter if they got the opportunity, and obviously they didn't for, for because of the Giannis injury there, but it did feel similar, and as you pointed to, it looked like the Bucks came out of the half, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, why have we dominated this series so far? Get into the paint, Giannis can get loose, and we can score against this team. Now, the other thing that we saw late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, and maybe this is a bit of a precursor to what we're going to see uh, moving forward into game five, they really, really started to push the pace offensively and seek out those transition baskets. Now, I, I don't think that it was out of control. I don't think that they were taking bad shots, but you do have to beg the question, why are you doing this now when you're down by 25 points? Because clearly they were trying to, to eat into the margin and see whether they could pull off something miraculous. But that's where they've had success this series. So it, it was a little bit strange that... You know, I tweeted it out. Give the Hawks credit for what they did defensively, but the Bucks also didn't do themselves any favors. They weren't really looking to get those easy baskets and get on top uh, like they have uh, in previous games. And they were eight for thirty-nine from three, so another twenty percent shooting night from the outside. And it's just really problematic because I, I know it will change now if Giannis isn't in the lineup for Game Five. But uh, I don't know why they haven't done this more often because this Bucks team has not been able to hit open threes uh, across the course of the series or across the course of the postseason. 
Bryn Forbes again. I mean, he finished two for six, which isn't awful, but geez, he takes some, he, he takes some tough, tough shots. I, I think I messaged it in the DM. I don't think he's ever taken an easy shot, honestly. It's, it's crazy some of the attempts he was looking for, but that's where the Bucks were. They were kind of stuck in the mud. They only finished with 44 points in the paint. They're actually outscored in the paint 44 to 46, which is the first time it's even been close at uh, this series and then only nine fast break points uh, on the night. And that really tells the tale. And again, you pointed to the mental aspect of this, but we've seen it from this team. This team plays its best basketball when its backs are against the wall or when it's desperation time. I don't know why it's the case. It's generally what they do. And on the injury front, of course, Trey Young, we don't know whether he's going to be back for game five. And Clint Capella, I mean, he was in the game late. Copped an elbow from the Bucks enforcer, Sam Merrill. It was obviously incidental contact but it was a it was a big blow to the face so there was no report from nate mcmillan post game in regards to if if anything's going on there but geez i mean the guys the bodies just continue to fall in in this series there's no doubt about that but two out of three games at home uh, i might just go cry into a build bar here after we finish this show but built bar is the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made if you don't know the built bar flavors you're simply missing out there's nine there's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Uh, so there's something for every, everyone there. And if you don't know which one you want, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each, 18 built Bars. That'll get you going for at least one day. Uh, they're healthy for you. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. And uh, we've got a good deal for you. Just go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Then jump across to betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. I saw the Brewers put a 10 spot on the Cubs in the eighth inning yesterday. That was pretty damn awesome. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I feel like this is the most rattled I've ever been on a post-game pod. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I almost don't even really care about the rest of the series. <laughs> like, it's just like, even if they win, I, I just don't see any way that they can compete in a finals without Giannis. And again, I mean, you just cross your fingers and nothing really matters. You know, if Giannis is out, I, I, I just don't, I don't, you know, again, I, I think they even have a chance to win the series and somehow I I just don't, I just have a hard time, you know, sort of even finding meaning in that, which is a very bizarre thing to say probably, but I think it just speaks to, you know, what the way we feel about Giannis and what he means to so many of us as fans, you know, how, how closely tied our, our sort of fandom is with, you know, his success and, and what he's mean, you know, it went to the team. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, I mean, I'm a 40 year old dad and I enjoyed <laughs> spending time with my, my daughter tonight to kind of, you know, that's the more, much more important thing than basketball. So I'm, I'm probably going to really focus on uh, all those things that are not basketball uh, for a while. And uh, I, I mean, I will, I will watch the next game, but um, I'll, I don't know. It's going to be a very strange viewing experience depending on, on what the MRIs say, presumably tomorrow. Well, I live by myself, Frank. So I'm just going to, after we finish podcasting here, I'm just going to just wallow in this. Huh? You're just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit in a chair and just stare outside the window for the rest of the day for the next six hours straight, just looking into the distance. 
wondering why why this continues to happen to Wisconsin sports. I saw a lot of tweets about the Wisconsin sports curse, but it's hard not to believe in it, I can tell you. I mean, it's just so close, Frank, we are. We need a little bit of good luck here with this injury for Giannis. And again, um, we, we talk about it from the perspective of the Bucks winning, but I think the point you just made is, is absolutely right. I mean, this it in many ways feels like more than basketball with Giannis and almost like we've been able to follow his entire journey from when he came to the NBA and, and, and the things that he's gone through and his story and his family and how they've embraced Milwaukee and now Thanasis is with the team. And, and you know, we've really enjoyed seeing those two being able to play together. So it, it, really, it really does feel, and I don't know whether this is too dramatic, but it really does feel like it's, it's more than basketball. You just want this guy to be okay. You want him to be healthy and you want him to have all the success that he absolutely deserves. So in many ways, this, is, this incident, not that we know the results of it, but the incident itself was probably as heartbreaking as I can remember for you know, Bucks fans, but, but maybe across other sports as well. I don't know where it ranks, but it was just a, a really, really grim incident to go down. And uh, it really took it out of me. It took it out of me. And I think uh, going by Twitter and Bucks fans and, and everyone else, uh, a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah, the sad part was when I, I started to think, hey, it probably would have been better off if the Bucks lost game seven. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I mean, if Giannis is out for like next year, yeah. then it probably would have been better to lose game seven so that you don't lose Giannis this series. You fire Bud, get some new a new coach in, and you know, you at least start fresh next year versus, you know, now you're faced with the possibility of um, you know, obviously um falling short of the title, but but then also, you know where are you even at next year, you know, with, with your coach, with your roster, um, potentially missing your, your best player. But again, this is just the, the next, you know, 24 hours are just going to be in some ways like the worst because you just, you just don't know. So all you do is hope for the best. That's about as dark as it gets, Frank. Uh, thinking, <laughs> thinking, of, thinking about them losing game seven, fucking Kevin Durant and those big ass feet. Oh God. Anyway, Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former General Manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. Uh, Let's wrap it up here, Frank. I I can't drag this out anymore. I had a feeling it was going to be a short one, certainly by our standards. But as I said, it's just really hard to to talk about basketball right now. And I can't even think ahead to Game 5. We'll certainly do that tomorrow. We'll have another podcast there. But keep your spirits high, Bucks fans. That's all I can say. We'll all sit together and we'll wait for the news, cross our fingers, and hope for the best for Giannis because he uh, absolutely deserves the best of luck and again just having an incredible postseason so far so we hope that that can continue but we'll leave it there for frank and myself we'll catch you guys tomorrow